Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. The world is a vampire. before you actually go out and play a football game. There's nothing bad in it. Um, especially when they shred a little bit. Yeah, I am. Because it just feels really, really good when they get to here. Have you ever seen the pumpkins live? That is the question I ask you right now, brothers. No, have you? I almost have. Oh, yes, I have, as a matter of fact. And let me tell you, the mosh pit is alive and well. This is one of their harder songs, though, right? Let's do this right here. Bring it down. See? I want Wolf to teach a music class. I mean, contrast breeds emotion. It does. You can't just death metal it into the ground. You can't. You got to bring it down. And this is something Kurt Cobain knew all about. Some people say he ripped off the Pixies. I don't believe that. But still, this is something that all great musicians understand. The art of contrast. Isn't that right, Billy Corrigan? Hey, Wolf. November 18th at the Footprint Center. Smashing Pumpkins. Is that right? Yes. Where am I? What what day is that? Where am I? (laughs) It's a Friday. Well, am I gone? I don't know. know Shane Conlon used to love this with his Fred Flintstone head. Shane Conlon. Take that, Shane Shane Conlon. (laughs) Wherever you are right now. He used to love the pumpkins, man. Oh, Google it, my young crumbs. You might be in Mexico City on November 18th. November 18th, there it is. Because it's a Friday going yeah, into the... Uh, I would imagine. But they play on Monday, so maybe, I don't know when Ooh, you leave. no, no, we're not going to leave on Friday. Right, ah, well, you know what? Yeah, there we go. There go. A little sweet. All right. Uh, you know what was kind of disheartening, Wolf, was to look up... Oh, wait, hold report. on. Are we invited to that suite? <laughs> hey, you know what? That might not be a bad thing. A little show unity? We all, yeah. How about that? We all go see the pumpkins. Uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, all right. I'd do that. Hey, how about that? Right there. We'll work You on have that. the poll. Go get us yeah. the sweet. I have no authority. You know that. I have no power whatsoever. Well, I'm encouraged. It sounds no. like this plan's really coming together. But you know what? Um, we'll try. Your four-time Pro Bowler, Ron Wolfley. Okay, stop it. All we can do is try. Well, Wait, you, want, you want to borrow the headband? Honestly, right now, I, I derail segments, not you do guys. You? Oh, well, okay, I do it. That's not you. Shocking. Uh, Hollywood Brown, why is he on the injury report? Why am I just supposed to accept this? He wasn't there yesterday. Why is every receiver on the injury report for this team? Hollywood didn't practice on Wednesday, but it was one of those NIR rest designations. Thursday, he's fine. He's the only receiver that's fine. Yeah. Friday, limited, questionable for the game. What is going on? Okay. What is going on? I have no idea what to say about that. Every receiver on this team 
has had an injury tag at some point this season, and we are through three weeks. And all of them except Andy Isabella right now have one for this game. Okay, so your wide receiver room is just an absolute unmitigated disaster. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, honestly, I think we could say that with conviction right now. So, once again, I'm going to see opportunity. I'm going to see a silver lining. I'm going to see the optimist way. And the optimist way... Not Optimus Prime, but the Optimus way is to say, get in 12 personnel and run the ball and use play action to throw the ball. You have to. You, you are forced into doing it, especially if there is still a little of the Ian hanging around. If there is some drizzle going on and your wide receiver room is an absolute mess and the ball is wet, run the ball. Why not line up and just say, we're, we're not, not only are we going to go 12, we're going to go 13 personnel. And we're going to put this, this weight on the backs of our offensive linemen. We are either going to win or lose this game because you're going to do your job very, very well on the line of scrimmage or not. Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. 13 personnel. One back, three tight ends, and one wide receiver. Hit somebody. I like how you got greedy. They're not even going into 12 enough, and you just decide, let's skip right ahead to 13. Honestly, think about it. The the wide receiver room is, it is absolutely decimated. The good news is Greg Dortch sounds like he will play. Greg Dortch is like the light at the end of the tunnel for this team this season. And uh, and Zach Ertz, I know he's not a receiver, but but he is, he's obviously a big part of the passing game. He, uh, uh, he spoke yesterday, too, about uh, some of the difficulties they've had in the red zone. When we get down there, we got to score touchdowns. we got James, myself, um, AJ when he's healthy. Um, so we got big guys that can make plays down there. K1 with his speed, obviously. Um, we just got we, we, sh- we, we should pride ourselves on being a really good red zone team. Now, he referenced AJ. They don't have AJ this week. AJ's out. AJ Green's out. Rashard Lawrence is out. Zeke Turner's out, in case you're just joining us. Those three guys are all out. Hollywood, Zayvon Collins, Rodney Hudson, Rondale Moore, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt are all questionable. But again, Wolf, that is a much longer injury list than their opponent for the fourth straight week to start this season. Yeah. No, you're right about that. It does not fill me with a lot of joy when I hear that once again. Why is it that the Arizona Cardinals, for whatever reason, their injury list is so much longer than everyone else's? It's a great question. Every week. It's a great Every question. Every week right now. What what is going on? I have no I have no idea that it could be pure coincidence. Yet this is the way that it's been every week. Yeah, guess I, I I don't I don't think it's gamesmanship at this point. I mean, this is James Conner, Greg Dortch, Justin Pugh all practiced in full today. They're all good to go. Okay, I'm assuming they don't yeah. even have a designation. There we go. But I mean, they were all limited all week. Pugh didn't even practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Those other guys were limited Wednesday and Thursday. I don't think you would purposely be limited limiting your guys at practice when this team clearly looks like at the start of games they haven't practiced together enough. Yes. Maybe it's not a lack of intensity at practice, Wolf. Maybe it's a lack of players at practice. Yeah, yeah. I listen uh, once again. I don't know. I do believe in gamesmanship. I think it happens all the time, but not to this degree. And um, you know, the one thing I want to comment on Zach Ertz and what he just said right there: the red zone is uh, the Cardinals are doing well in the red zone, and they're doing well in the red zone without being able to run the ball well. 
which makes it really, really difficult to be a good red zone team. As a matter of fact, I would say over the course of a season right now, you cannot be a poor rushing team and a good red zone team. You can. All right, here's one more from Zach Ertz. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the, the red zone has been a point of emphasis all off season. Um, the first two weeks, we were good in the red zone. Uh, I think we might have been five for five or with touchdown percentages. I don't know exactly what the numbers were. Uh, but last week, we just fell short. I take responsibility for one of them. Um, I just got to find a way to make the play. And that's been just kind of... It's not one guy. It's not one play, obviously. Um, but our best players need to be bang, playing our best football. Um, and that's something that I've always taken a lot of pride in. Third down, red zone, when the team needs to, to make a play, I put a lot of pride in not only during the game, but the work that I put in throughout the offseason, during training camp, during practice. Um, and I want to be that guy. And so i got to find a way to make that play. Kyler made a great throw. Ball was on time in a great area. And I just got to find a way to make a play. And I will. Yeah, the play he's referencing was not the easiest catch in the world, but it's one Zach Ertz could make. Yeah, and they were four for five, I believe, in the first two weeks, I think. Four for five in the first two weeks. They're number eight in the National Football League in red zone offense. And that's that's taking into account last week when <laughs> it, it did not come through for them at all. All right, we come back. D-backs have six games left starting tonight. One of their breakout young performers this season, Stone Garrett. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Clubhouse Call-In with Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Six games left for the Arizona Diamondbacks starting tonight in San Francisco against the Giants team. Wolf, if you'll recall, Stone Garrett made his debut against back on August 17th. we got to talk to him a few days after that, but August 17th and 18th were pretty good days. Really, it's been pretty good across the board for Stone Garrett since he got to the Major League level, and he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Stone, thank you for the time. You've been in the big leagues for about a month and a half now. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels great. Um, finally getting yeah, up to speed with, you know, on the field, off the field stuff. Uh, a lot of the guys from Reno are, are up here too. So, uh, you know, we're all getting comfortable up here uh, in the aspect of, you know, how things work um, and, you know, lineup changes during the game and just getting up to speed. So it feels pretty good. Have you noticed pitchers pitching you any differently from when you first came up, Stone? Uh, yeah, um, you know, they, they adjust. So, you know, facing the Dodgers, their lefties, you know, have, a, you know, um, pitched me in a way where they pitched me that same way both series. Um, so, and, you know, the lefty I faced in Houston pitched me, you know, pretty much similar to the way the Dodgers pitched me. And uh, it's good going into the offseason, you know, seeing how they threw me. That way we can make some adjustments for next year. Stone Garrett's joining us right now. Uh, Stone, there's a lot of good young players on this team, like you just said. That also makes it tough to get in the lineup consistently. You're still hitting over 300, 309, but you know it's it's not it's not like you're just in there seven nights a week or six nights a week. Is, does that make it more challenging? For sure, um, definitely. You know, hitting's a rhythm thing. So uh, when you're in there sporadically, it can be a challenge. Um, but then you have to challenge yourself on the days you're not playing to, uh, you know, get in the cage, face the machine, try to simulate how pitchers would throw me in the game. That way when I, it does come game time that uh, you, you've kind of seen 
uh, you know, the, the heaters at a, a fast pace and the breaking balls. That way it's not a shock to you. Stone, how much confidence have you gained since you've been up for your 24 games or however many it is? How much confidence have you gained? Uh, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't say I, I've gained confidence, but it's, it's an assuring feeling knowing that I can compete at this level. Um, and just seeing that, you know, put some good swings at the ball. So, you know, showing I get hit for power. Um, like you said, the 300 average, um, showing I can be on base. Um, but it, yeah, it's definitely an assuring feeling knowing that I can compete, can compete at this level. Yeah, eight doubles and 68 at-bats is a pretty good start to a major league career. Stone Garrett's joining us right now. Uh, Stone, these last couple games in Houston, you are from the, uh, you're from Texas. What, what sort of a homecoming was that like for you? Yeah, um, a lot of fans out there from Little League to high school, um, to elementary school, um, a lot of old teachers, a lot of old coaches, a lot of old teammates that came out. A lot of old classmates that came out and showed support. I probably had like a hundred people there the first game, and then like sixty people the second game. So um, if they stuck around, they got to see me pinch it. So that was that was pretty cool. Nice. So you got six games left this season, right? Six games. Is there anything you'd like to accomplish, Stone? Uh, no, just keep doing. What I've been doing. Um, I'm not sure how many times I'll be in there, but you know, just compete, um, compete, and go out on a strong note. You uh, were talking to Stone Garrett. Stone, these are your first games back in San Francisco since those first two games of your career. And when you look back on that now, it's not that long ago. But, I mean, that even just watching for D-backs fans, that, that seemed like almost like a dream sequence the way it played out for you. Now that you've had a little bit of time to distance yourself from that, how, how do you look back on those first two games? The, uh, yeah, I mean, they were – you're talking about in San Fran, right? Yeah, right when you first started, yeah. Yeah, it was a good feeling, you know, struck out first at bat and then double second at bat. Um, and just, you know, getting on base, getting that hit out of the way the first game. It was a good feeling. And then getting into the second day, and I think maybe I had two hits that day off Webb, I think, righty Webb. Yeah, Logan Webb. Yeah. Um, so that was a good feeling. Um, and just, you know, it kind of just started a roll from there. Um, so that was definitely, you know, uh, you know very assuring those first two games, seeing success right away at this level. Is, is it weird now to, to go back there and to be back in San Francisco where it all started here tonight? Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. I like this park a lot. Um, so it'll be fun. It'll be a fun memory. Just I remember me pulling up to the field um, for the first time and everything I did, you know, sitting in the locker room, going to the top deck to take it all in, going out on the field before anybody else was out there. So it'll be fun. Stone, will your experience um, in the bigs this short period that you've been up here, will it impact the way that you train in this offseason? And if so, how? 100%. Um, just the, you know, seeing how the pitchers pitch me, um, how their their pitches are a little bit better than what you would see in the minor leagues. Um, so just to challenge myself, I think my biggest challenge to myself is, you know, more contact for next year, putting the ball in play a little bit more because, you know, when I do, it comes off the bat hot. Um, so that leads to hits. And just putting the ball in play in general leads to good things. So that's my biggest challenge, a little bit more contact, stands with the zone, um, better outfield, um, be that dependable outfielder so I don't have to come out of the game early. These are all things we talk to uh, with managers, front office, before we meet our exit meetings. So 
those are the challenges to myself. Stone Garrett's joining us right now. Stone, what is uh, what is spring training going to be like next year? Because the, I know you guys, you all get along. You have friend, friendly competition, but there's a lot of talent on this team that's that's young talent that's going to be fighting for playing time right out of the gate in March and April next year. Yeah, there's no bitterness. Um, I can honestly say that there's no bitterness between any of us. Um, we all like to see each other succeed and go out there and compete. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys um, competing for the jobs. Um, so you got to roll into spring training on your A game if you want to make that opening day roster. So, you know, this will be my first big league camp. I was never lucky enough to get invited to big league camp. So it's my first big league camp, um, which will be fun. And just show up healthy and uh, ready to compete. Stone, on that note right there, knowing it is going to be a packed outfield, uh, where do you need to improve the most, do you think? How can you improve and where do you need to improve the most? Uh, Making more contact, striking out less, and then being that dependable out there that can go and get the ball um, and throw guys out. That's, that's my biggest two goals, being a dependable outfielder for next year and putting the ball and play more. Well, Stone, congratulations on everything you've done so far this year, and uh, congrat- uh, good luck, I guess, the rest of the way and on to next year, all right? Sounds good, guys. Okay, right. Stone. That's uh, Stone Garrett right there joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. That eight doubles out of 68 at-bats, <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, ratio right there. Yeah, I looked it up. 24 games, man. He's played 24 games right now, and I think of those 24 games, and I think of invaluable confidence, the experience that he has gained in the process. It's got to be maybe career-changing. Well, it's funny. He says he, he's never been lucky enough to be invited to the, the big league camp. I mean, obviously, he's going to be there next year because he's been a part of, of what they've been doing for the last month and a half. But it, how crazy is it to have a guy that's hitting three oh nine in his first 24 games? Yeah. And even he can't find regular playing time because they just, at the moment, have, <laughs> quote, too many players in, at, at that position out there. Yeah. It's a nice problem to have. Got to get him a different glove. <laughs> hey, here, here you go. <laughs> hey, try playing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Second. I don't know. <laughs> Wherever you can get more at bats. They're, they are fortunate that the uh, DH has come to the National League for sure. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, changes to the Pro Bowl, an update on Tua, and uh, what exactly is going on in San Francisco with the Forty ers That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We are a month and a half to start a hard knocks. Do you even know that's what this music is? No, I did not know that, but... Makes me want to bench press something. Uh, we're going we're to start with the Pro Bowl. Nothing like getting your Pro Bowl updates in late September, but there's been some Pro Bowl stories this week. Uh, you love the most recent updates, though, to the, the additions to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, for a long time now, I thought the NFL should not play the game because of how the game was being played. It was a joke. It was a mockery of the game. And because of that, even though the ratings were still pretty good for it, um, I didn't think they should play the game. And um, they're doing a version of that. They're not playing the game, but they are bringing the guys out wherever they may be, of course. And disaster number one, as far as I'm concerned, Uh, The players selected for the Pro Bowl will be required to attend, barring any medical issue. 
So wait a minute. Uh, disaster number one to me is the fact that they are going to be required to attend unless there's a medical reason why you're not. Okay. Can I ask you something right Go ahead. now? How many people do you think might come up with some type of medical issue? Well, I'm just looking at the Cardinals injury report the first four weeks when 73 <laughs> players are on it each week. I mean, by the end of the season, if you don't want to go, you can easily point and say, I got a thigh bruise. I'm sorry. I feel like the injuries would come up less if the Pro Bowl went back to Hawaii. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting right there. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's what they're going to do. This is going to be a work in progress, okay, but I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you're going to the Pro Bowl, right? Well, I got that thigh bruise. It's in Hawaii now. Oh, it's actually better. Yeah, now that you mentioned Um, it. I would say this right here. If, If, in fact, you're voted to the Pro Bowl, you should be required to go, period. You should be required to go. Okay. Okay? I'll I mean, go. You don't have to. If I get to, voted, I will go. Yeah, you don't have to. You should be required to go and maybe. What are you? Okay. Yes, of <laughs> course. Sounds like something they'd play, oh, I don't know, on Maui. Having said that. We're, um, we are all going to see the Smashing Pumpkins in Hawaii, right? That was the agreement. <laughs> This is just totally not setting... You know I'm so big on context. This is not setting the table. Um, They're going to have a seven-on-seven showdown, right? That's what they're calling it. The seven-on-seven showdown. This is disaster number two right here. There are no offensive linemen involved in this seven-on-seven competition that they're going to have. It's a disaster because can you imagine when somebody blows out their ACL? Yeah, Robert played Edwards, didn't he do that? Flag football. He did that. They were playing beach football, right? Yes. As a rookie, like ended his career. Basically. At some point in time, it's going to happen. It's just odds, of course. And that's not the worst of it. It's not just seven on seven. Linemen are actually going to do a skills challenge <laughs> because they're not going to be involved in the seven on seven. Uh, how are you going to get the, like, what are the skills? How are you going to get the linemen? This is the best part right here, man. Uh, the skills competition and events will include, but are not limited to, dodgeball. All right, I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> I don't know that you're going to be able to, uh, it's going to be the offensive linemen that are like, yeah, I pulled something in week 18. Sorry. Uh, okay, something, I don't know what this is, but something called best catch. Do you know what that is? Best catch. I, I, no. Uh, I have no idea the what Pro that Bowl. is. I, well, we didn't play games. You didn't play best catch? We played the game, okay? This is all just for the offensive this linemen? Is, this is for everyone who's not going to be involved in the 7 on okay. 7. Okay. If you okay. can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> what? They should have Vince Vaughn. Okay, so dodgeball, once again, best catch, thread the needle. Do you guys know what thread the needle is? Cameron's back there saying he knows what it is. I thread the needle. Might just be laughing. I've never heard it before. And then, of course, quarterback drills. Now, this you got my attention. They've done this before, haven't they? What with offensive linemen? 
Oh, well, no. I'm, yeah. What about offensive linemen <laughs> running quarterback drills? Yeah, okay, I'll watch would that. you watch that? You could just have the offensive would, linemen run a 40 yard dash for hours. I'll just watch that. Okay. I would love that. But, um, so anyways, so listen, they're trying to do something. I get it. They want everyone to show up to the Pro Bowl. You should show up to the Pro Bowl. I would say this. You know what we're going to do? If, in fact, you attend the Pro Bowl, if you attend, not if you get voted in, if you attend the Pro Bowl, we put a star on the back of your nameplate. I've talked about this before. Yeah. Okay? Your name, Wolfley, on the back. Lipinski on the back. Every Pro Bowl you actually go to, you get a star over the top of your name. I like that. That's actually it's, one of the best ideas I've heard. It's a way to record yeah. how many, what, what, what you've done in your career. And I'll guarantee you, there'd be a lot of guys who'd show up because they want that star. What if you get voted to the Pro Bowl, but you don't show up? You don't get the star? No. Okay. You don't get it. All right. I Thank play- you. Appreciate oh. it. And do they ceremoniously like rip it off like one of those old eighties like no, films? Okay. Because it doesn't right. It doesn't go on no. to begin with. They should with. put it on and be like, Oh, you're not showing the up. The only way it goes on is Oh, thing. you showed up. Hey, there you are. Okay, we're gonna put a star over your name. I want to play this clip that has nothing to do with the NFL, uh, but it's from Dr. Michael Crow, who was on with Broomhead this morning. Okay, so this is an abrupt switch to ASU, but this is the way to talk about ASU. I'm not going to talk about what they're going to do against USC. I mean, what what are you giving me nothing, that look for? You nothing. said you wanted to hear this. No, too. I did want to hear. It. <laughs> you just gave yes. me this look. I, I, the, no, that's all right. All I'll right, actually I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with what I wanted to say. But let me hear Dr. Crow playing it now, so we don't run out of time. Uh, he was flat out asked, "Are you going to bring Deion Sanders in to coach the team?" Like that's that's not beat around the bush. Let's just say flat out. Here's a name. Are you hiring prime time? All right. And then the last question is, uh, are you going to bring Deion Sanders in as the head coach? <laughs> I get a lot of messages about Deion and, and, and Deion seems to be like uh, just in his early age of, of, of learning how to be a coach. Uh, we're going to find the, the most fantastic football coach that we can. I, I can tell you one thing that that ASU football is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've tried some experiments uh, They've they've worked a little bit. They haven't worked in other ways. We're going to now move forward. We're going to expand our investments. We're going to take full advantage of all the opportunities that the that the state of flux is providing in the way that college football is being run. And we're going to we're going to regroup and move forward to victory. I mean that's that's the only method that we've got here. Just the the pairing of Michael Crow and Deion Sanders. I would just watch a Netflix series with those two trying to navigate life together. I would love that right yeah. there. Yes. Did he ask? Did he ask um, about Kenny Dillingham? I have one clip in front of me. I didn't hear it because it happened while we were on the air in here. Um, By the way, this is what I wanted to get to right here. Think about this. The winner of these skills challenges. That's what they are. Skills challenge. $84,000 as a team. (laughs) The team that Wait, that's that's what it is or this is your idea? No, no. That's what it is. It's eighty four thousand, and right. if you lose, it's forty two. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was ten and five back when I was. Think about that, man. That's how long ago I mean, that was. How many players make up a Pro Bowl roster? Yeah, so, what is, is the eighty four thousand dollars divided by? Yes, what is it? I, you know what, Mel? That's a great question. Um, I would have to say there are probably. Th- hmm, 30? No. 
Because that's just not very much. No, that isn't a lot. But I think. But it, I, I mean, I, I, think I wonder if they're going to change it because there's not actually forty-four. Game now. Forty-four man Pro Bowl teams. Okay. Twenty-one offensive players, eighteen defensive Wait, players, so you guys and five to, specialists. You had to divide five thousand dollars by forty-four people when you were a Pro Bowler. No, no, it was five thousand a piece. Oh, so they're getting eighty-four thousand a piece. It, yeah. Oh, oh well, I thought yeah. it was dividing no. it by the team. Oh, oh my goodness! No, I thought you were trying to add it up. So, so I put the, do the math. What is that? Eighty four thousand dollars times what? Forty four. You, you don't have to do any math. Eighty four thousand times one. That's all that matters. Yeah, I know. Think about that, though. Matt. Three million six hundred ninety six thousand dollars. <laughs> wow! All that just to watch Aaron Donald Whoa. play dodgeball. Yeah, you know what? It was ten thousand to the winner back when I was going base onions, and five thousand to the loser. And when that fourth quarter came around, and it was a game for five thousand dollars, suddenly you had the best of the best out there bowling like it was fourth quarter Super Bowl because of that five grand. This is going to be some ultra competitive <laughs> dodgeball that we're watching at the end of the season. If eighty four thousand dollars is on the line. All right, we come back. It has been a busy week around the world of sports. What do you expect? We're going into October, the greatest sports month on the calendar. We're going to take you through it all with our work week wrap up next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Good job, Luke. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Wolf, it is time for the work week wrap-up. We will start, as you typically do when you're going through a week on Monday. Monday. Monday, Monty Williams at Media Day, how he dealt with the Robert Sarver news. A lot like James, there was a bit of shock. There was a moment where I was in disbelief when you see uh, the bullet points, and then when you go through it, you start to think about how these things impacted people. Well, even that feels like that was a couple weeks ago. That was just Monday, Media Day. I, I'm seeing your mouth move and hearing the words as you say that, yet I can't believe it. it it's that crazy, was just right? Monday? Four days ago? Holy cow. Uh, D-backs sent Alec Thomas down. Here's Tori Lavella with Burns and Gambo. It has been a grind for him. It has been a little bit of a challenge. I felt like there was starting, he started to show a little bit of a loss in confidence. We were looking to make this decision the right one, and who knows if it's the right one. It's just, given all the facts that we were laying on the table, we just felt like it would be the best thing for him to go down. You know what? I love that. I really did at the time. Uh, not because I don't like Alec Thomas. I love him. I think he's going to be great. It's such a great reminder of just how difficult it is to play at the highest level our species can generate. I thought it was cool. He got sent down immediately, wanted to be in the lineup. And yeah. Mike Hazen told us on Wednesday when we asked him, like, okay, what are you looking for from him now? He said, that's a good start. That kid is going to be good and he's going to be fine. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury joined us on Monday here on the Wolf and Luke Show, as he does every week. And uh, we talked to him about the game plan towards the end of the game, not uh, just going for the field goal late. I don't. I don't. I, I like the, the call we had. I like what we had going. It just uh, didn't work out for us. You know, that, that's one of those situations. You, you analyze everything and, and the situation in the game and then take all those things into account and just didn't didn't convert it, unfortunately. And at the uh, conclusion of Monday, CeeDee Lamb, one-handed touchdown catch. The Cowboys win 23-16 over the Giants. So New York gets their first loss of the season.
season. You want to get off, you know, in the division on the right foot. Um, another great team win. Our defense holding our, another offense under 20, uh, running the rock, making plays outside. Um, you know, this is kind of what we want to do. We want to come in here and, um, you know, division game is what it's about. It's coming in and winning. I just wanted to play a Cooper Rush clip. Now we yeah. finally have. No, I love that right there. Back Cooper Rush. Farino is a starter right now. Yeah. Tying Kurt Warner as the only undrafted quarterback to win his first three games. Do you think you'll see the Cooper Rush movie or the Kurt Warner movie first? Kurt Warner. Okay, good. On to Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Cliff Kingsbury talking about uh, Ben Neiman, Jesse Lucada. And Lucada's been impressive all through camp. Um, works hard, studies hard, goes hard on scout team, and he's a guy that, that we want on our roster, and hopefully as the season goes on, we can we can utilize him more. <laughs> what? What are you doing over there? Just do you have another cut to actually play? Get to it. Yeah, Luke, I please. do. It's a quick one, though, so whatever you're doing, you're making me nervous. Uh, this is, uh, hey, does everybody remember this? This is DeAndre Ayton on Tuesday saying, yeah, I haven't spoken to my coach in like five months. I haven't spoken to him. No, I haven't spoken to him. Ever since the game. Shocking. That that was absolute. Still, I, I've been on the radio for 17 years here. I believe. <laughs> I believe it's 17. No, it's not 17. It's got to be 16 years. 16 years here at Arizona Sports. Just round up. 98 seven FM. Um, I never felt. It's definitely. I never. Friday. What? It's definitely. Friday. I never felt like I did ever during yeah. a broadcast. When I heard that, I could not believe what I had just heard. It questioned my sanity. It was it was strange. We got that right at the end of the show, basically, on Tuesday. And then Monty Williams spoke after our show on Tuesday. And they're like, hey, are you worried about this at all? Not at all. Not at all. I'll talk to everybody, as I always do during camp. Monty not worried. That is the shortest answer he has ever given to any question. Well, I think it was trimmed up a little bit here for this segment. D-backs lose to the Astros only 10-2. Jose Altuve, a couple solo home runs in that one. On to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, all right. Uh, Kyler Murray was asked, and this was not by Wolf because you were here. Yeah. Kyler Murray was asked if it matters to him if he is under center or in the shotgun. Does it matter to me? I, it matters in the sense of... Uh, you know what it takes to be successful. You know, I I, I definitely uh, I'll do whatever it takes to win. If it, if that calls for me being under center, um, then it does. But I mean, I, I would say yeah, it matters if you know. Yeah, it's called the blending of the old with the new. And at some point in time, I, I honestly believe this. At some point in time, Kyler has got to embrace it. He's got to accept it and understand that this is going to this is going to help him in his career. This is going to extend his career considerably. He's got to embrace it, man. Uh, same night, Wednesday night. How about Aaron Judge getting his 61st home run of the season? And the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris 
for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. Wow, that was pretty awesome. I hope right he hits there. 13 more in the next six games. I don't think he's going to, though. That would just clear up a lot of baseball controversy in, in terms of baseball history. D-backs that night beat the Astros 5-2-10. and Now the pitch. Swing. Ground ball is short. This should end it. Perdomo's got it. Had his throw to first in time, and the ball game is over. Diamondbacks win it by a final score of 5-2. to two. It took them 10 innings to get there. It's a good team they beat right there. They keep scrapping, man. I'm really, really excited for spring training, and I haven't said that in years. You never say it in, uh, in September going into October, but I'm right there with you. This is going to be a very interesting spring training for the D-backs next year on to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, Vance Joseph was asked if he's happy to have Chris Banjo back on the practice squad. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, he's a leader of our defense. I mean, he's been a great leader for us. He's a guy that's a good mentor for our young guys, and he's always been a guy who, who you can trust to put in the game to help you win. More than anything else, he's a great transitional technician. He's a guy that can go out in special teams and play well in transition, and we'll see how it goes, but I would imagine he's going to dress and play. Monty Williams confirmed what a lot of us already believe. Cam Johnson's going to be a starter this year. Just putting Cam in the starting lineup has created a different level of, you know, opportunity for everybody else. And I think that's that part's exciting. So we have to see. You know, like like we all know the West is a beast. The East is the NBA's crazy these days, man. So you you'll be tested right away. Where does that leave Jay Crowder? Here's Shams. You know what teams could be interested in Jay Crowder? I would look at the teams that he's played for. Look for teams like Boston, Memphis, Dallas, Miami, especially as teams that could be interested in a guy like Jay Crowder. He's a three four that can play defense can make shots, brings a great level of energy and culture to your organization as well. Thursday night football, Bengals beat the Dolphins 27-15, but you had the scary-looking Tua injury. Here's Jeremy Fowler. My understanding that the NFL Players Union and the NFL Management Council have already gone pretty knee-deep in this investigation. They've begun their interviews, their reviewing of the tape from Sunday at Buffalo, and now they suddenly have a bigger case file with all this. So they're going to have to expand the investigation, look more into this whole process. Sounded like BA for a second. Yeah, you know, I'm all for the investigation once again. It's got to happen, of course, yet at the same time, always remember, football is not a safe game, and it never will be. On to Friday. Friday. Today, Christian McCaffrey, speaking to the media, said he feels like he is good to go Sunday. Here's James Conner talking about Christian McCaffrey. Never mind, we don't have time for that. Played the clip of uh, Dr. Michael Crow joining Mike Broomhead. And the injury report is out. Here's Cliff Kingsbury's update on J.J. Watt. And he was feeling better today, so hopefully he can he can go on Sunday. We'll see how he feels throughout the weekend, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopeful. Well, yeah. Good way to go into the weekend. You know what? Hopeful. Unlike this music we're in here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this came from, but I know this you're behind great. it. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison, Cameron Chester behind the glass as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Peace. Da, 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 da,